Hey, hello. Hi. <laughs> it's really great to be here this morning uh, to talk about justice. Um, for some background, we have had over the last few weeks, we have had um, this really great preaching series on uh, the, the signs of the kingdom um, throughout the book of Isaiah. So we've heard about peace and we've heard about comfort and healing um, and a number of other topics. I think we've got one left next week um, and that'll be the end of our series. So today I'm going to be talking to you about justice. So what is justice? So a definition of justice is the quality of being just, equitable, righteous and moral rightfulness. How do we know that God loves justice, that God is just? Well, it's just everywhere in the Bible. So right from Genesis throughout the Bible, we have got so many references to justice. So the first one that I could find was Genesis 18 verse 19. And this is um, said of uh, God saying of Abraham, for I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. So how did Abraham keep the way of the Lord? By doing righteousness and justice. So it's a really important topic. Exodus, we've got all these laws about social justice. Deuteronomy 10 verse 18, he executes justice for the fatherless. I'm the widow and loves the sojourner. Just to say, don't worry, I'm not going through every single reference. That would take a while. But I'm just going to give just a snapshot, just a few, before we move on to our passage for today. Job 8 verse 3, does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert the right? And then justice is, go, um, there's a number of references in the Psalms. Psalm 10, 17 to 18. O oh Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. We learn that God loves righteousness and justice in the Psalms. And then we get to Isaiah. And Isaiah is my favorite book in the Bible. I love Isaiah. There's so much in there. And there's so much in there about justice. So Isaiah 1 verse 17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And I, the Lord, love justice. So that's the Old Testament. There's a lot in there about justice. There's a lot about um, justice to the oppressed. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Um, but then we get to the New Testament. And how do we ultimately know that God loves justice, that God is a God of justice and righteousness. Well, I think we know that from the cross. So this is where, you know, justice gets really interesting. <laughs> God couldn't overlook our sin. He's a holy God. Um, I've been reading Leviticus recently, and there's all these like purification laws, and they're quite intense. <laughs> but I think they speak of a holy God who couldn't just say, oh, it doesn't matter, because he is holy and he's just and righteous. So what did he do? What did God do? He took on our sin on the cross, became our righteousness, fulfilled the requirements of justice for us. So the cross is where justice and mercy meet. So our, our passage for today is Isaiah 58. If you've got a Bible or a way of reading the Bible on a device, um, it might be helpful to open the passage to Isaiah 58, because I'm, I'm going to read it all. It's, it's just, it's not too long. Um, and then we're going to go through a few of the verses um, and talk about them. So Isaiah 58, shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. 
Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. And your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken, uh, repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, and if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, if you honour it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I love this passage. I really love it. There's so much in there and we're going to just pick out a few things. So what is this passage saying? Well, God's people, um, they were fasting. They were doing, you know, what God told them to do. They were fasting. But on those days they were fasting, they were exploiting their workers. They were not um, working to to untie the cords of the yoke. They were not um, setting people free from oppression. And in fact, it seemed um, they were actually involved in that oppression. And we're going to look at verses 6 and 7 to begin with. And I think it'd be great as we go through this um, uh, passage, as we think about this, to think about how are we living out this passage and how can we live out this passage more and more. So we're going to get to verse 6. So verse 6 says, It's not this the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Now I love this picture because actually it's like three stages here. It's like loosing the chains of injustice. So, okay, they're a bit loose. They're, they're a little bit better. 
Untying the cords of the yoke, okay, that's more freedom, that's great. But then setting the oppressed free and breaking every yoke. This has been an important verse in my life. Um, I work as a solicitor in immigration law and I represent people who would like to stay in this country. And over the years, there was a few times where I'd say to God, I don't really get how my work is bringing the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't get it, I don't see it. And I felt God took me to this verse and said, you know, I'm involved in loosing the chains of injustice. It's not everything, actually. It's loosing the chains, and that is bringing the kingdom. I don't always see complete freedom from oppression, you know. And I think that's true um, for many of us today in our work or in, you know, the way that we live our lives, in the way that we live out this passage, which we'll come to talk about uh, in a few minutes. We might sometimes think, oh, we don't see complete transformation. But actually, I think God would say that we are loosing the chains of injustice. We are bringing the kingdom um, through in, in, in lots of different ways. And actually, just um, following on from that, verse 7. So I don't know about you. Sometimes I can be a bit kind of metaphorical about the Bible. You know, oh, you know, uh, part of it's a metaphor or not taking it literally. I think that in this passage, it's, it's just quite literal, verse 7. It's like, how do we do these things? Oh, well, this is how. So it says, is it not to share your food with the hungry? Provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. I really like the way the message puts this. So it says, this is the kind of fast day I'm after. Break the chains of injustice. Get rid of exploitation in the workplace. Free the oppressed. Cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you doing is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, and being available to your own families. Just quite practical, really. Um, and I think as well this is helpful because sometimes, in, well, I'd say most of the time, injustice is pretty overwhelming. Uh, uh, Lauren mentioned the situation in Afghanistan. We're going to pray for that at the end, actually. Um, that's been very overwhelming, hasn't it? That's a that's overwhelmingly like just tragic really and then there's just injustice all around us there's injustice all around us and sometimes we can feel quite overwhelmed and I think sometimes um, and through this passage God would say this is what I'm calling you to do this is what I'm calling you to do in response so this reminds me of um, a parable in Luke 10, verse 25, I'm not going to read the passage because of time, but we're probably familiar with the Good Samaritan. And this is a story that Jesus told, and it was answering a question posed to Jesus by a lawyer. The question was, who is my neighbor? And to love my neighbor, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answers with this parable, and there's um, someone who's been uh, beaten and left for dead by the side of a road. And a, uh, a priest and a Levite pass by. They, you might expect that they would have helped, but they pass by. And then it's the Samaritan who was seen as the enemy at that time, who bound up the wounds, poured on oil and wine, carried this person to an inn, took care of them, gave money to an innkeeper. And I think, you know, firstly, that's so it was the Samaritan that did that, but then also he did quite a lot. <laughs> you know, he, did, he didn't just sort of go, you know, okay. Um, I'll help you for a bit. He did a lot. He really gave of himself. And so Jesus says, so, so who was the neighbor to that man on the road? It was the one who showed mercy 
And then what does Jesus say? Go and do likewise. And this is quite hard stuff, I think. This is quite hard stuff. Like, I don't know about you, I, would, I find um, the thought of like, loving my enemies to that extent quite difficult. That's quite difficult. Or like, caring for people to that extent who are really different from me. And Isaiah 58.10 tells us to spend ourselves on behalf of the hungry. So it's quite a, quite a big call, I think. I have a story of a time when I found this really uncomfortable. <laughs> a time when I felt God said, you need to live, live this out, and I didn't really want to do it. Um, Andrew and I, uh, about five or six years ago, we went to Cambodia for a while, and we were with an organization called YWAM. Um, we were doing a few different things, uh, but there was this one woman who was just like this passage in, in a person. She was just amazing, loving. You know, people that other people would not love, left, right, and center. One day she said, could you come and help me to care for a man that I found in hospital? Now, there were a number of different hospitals in the city where we were, but this particular hospital, it was not a good place to be. And we got there, and this man, he was from a European nation, and he'd been transferred from a prison to hospital. He had guards around him. He was lying naked on a trolley in a corridor. Um, and there was firstly a thing of, oh, so just as some background, in, I think in that country you needed to, you needed to know, so you, he was getting his medicine, but you needed to know someone uh, or some people to come and help you with you know, food and, being, and sort of being cared for, and he didn't have anyone to do that. So he was just lying there, filthy, you know, emaciated. He needed food, he needed water, he needed cleaning. Firstly, there was a moment of, we didn't, ever, we didn't find out for sure what he did to be in prison, but there was a suggestion, and it was not nice. And there was a moment of, okay, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to show mercy to this man, okay? And then secondly, this is not my skill set. I'm I'm a bit pathetic in these situations, you know. I would not have made a good nurse, let's put it that way. I'm pretty squeamish. I've got a bit better now that I've uh, had to look after children. <laughs> Um, but, you know, at that time, I was very squeamish, and I was like, God, are you sure? Are you sure this is me that should do this? You know, it, this is not what I had in mind, actually, when I came here um, and said that I would serve you here. It's not what I thought would happen. And I just got a sense of God saying, this is who I put in front of you, actually, right now to care for. You go and do likewise. Um, so, yeah, it was quite uncomfortable, but I think I will talk again about that because I think it illustrates a different point as well in this passage. And there was enormous blessing that I got from that, from caring for this person. So, back to our passage. Um, what happens when we do this stuff? What happens next? What does Isaiah 58 say? Well, I think this is just really amazing. So, we get to verse 10. If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. 
there's some amazing promises here and you know what God says what it says here is that the Lord will guide us continually when we do this stuff so that is an amazing promise and I think going back to my um to this man in this hospital in Cambodia there was this one day when I I think I experienced this when the lady who from Waiwan had to go away and she asked if we could look after him um, while she was away. And it was around that time that we found out that um, another man um, nearby, or very close to him in another bed, they thought that he had meningitis and, you know, there wasn't really, in fact, there wasn't really kind of infection control going on. And I was, that was a great fear of mine, actually, of getting really sick at that time. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to go back in there, into that hospital, I don't want to do this. And I remember just, I can't remember why, but Andrew couldn't come with me one of the days. And it was like, again, a sense of God saying, this is who I put in front of you. And I remember standing in front of a mirror and I read Mark 16, verse 18. You know, they'll pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people and they will get well. And I just felt quite scared, actually. And um, what I experienced was God guiding me continually at that time. And so I just, obviously I was fine and I didn't get sick, but I think what I experienced was, um, was God really close to me at that time, giving me the strength to do that. And I think when people say, when have, I, when have you felt closest to God? And that always brings to mind that experience of, all right, God, okay, I'll do what you say, but I'm scared. And I just, yeah, I really experienced God close to me at that time. So we're not going to earn anything from God, are we, when we live out this passage? We're not going to earn anything. Jesus has already done it all. We can't, you know, we can't add to that. Jesus has already done it all for us on the cross. But I think this is one of the beautiful things about following Jesus. Like the Christian paradox that the more we give, the more life we get and the more life we see others around us getting. That we are blessed when we bless others. And there's this, this incredible verse, and I feel like there's, this is really for, for us, for Trinity Church, um, and particularly actually for the projects that are going on here. I think I haven't mentioned something which is really obvious, which is that Trinity Church is doing this stuff. Trinity Church is living out this passage in so many ways. And, you know, firstly, there's like individuals who are living out this passage every day with your families, with your neighbors, with showing, you know, compassion and mercy to those around you, with making um, big decisions and smaller decisions with the way that we love the broken around us. But there's also these projects, aren't there, in this church? Um, that the, so we've got the food bank, we've got Christians Against Poverty um, Debt Counselling Centre, we've got Baby Basics, and we've got loads of other things that have been birthed out of the church or that are going on around us. And I felt like, for, particularly for these people, there's this um, verse here that says, um, we will be like a well-watered garden, and your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, will raise up the age-old foundations, will be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. There is a legacy in what we are doing here. There is, there is um, something that is going to last for generations. I think that's what this passage is saying. So when you're giving a hamper to a, a woman who is going to have a baby, or when you're packing up food and giving it to someone who is hungry, 
it's not just about that person in front of you. It's about, um, uh, it's about the generations to come. It, there is a spiritual significance in what is going on um, when we are loving those around us in this very practical way. Um, Phil Moore wrote a, there's a, a book on Isaiah and on his chapter on Isaiah 58 it says churches that pass on what God has given them become like a high pressure spring and I think we're going to pray into that in a, in a few minutes actually that you know this church is like a high pressure spring uh, that it is blessing the community um, and that we would see more and more the, the walls repaired and there are streets restored. Again, this is one of those times when I think it's not really, you know, a metaphor. It's like we will see the streets restored. That is what we would love to see more and more in this area. We're coming towards the end, but I wanted to point out in 13 and 14, um, it talks about the importance of the Sabbath, the importance of rest, of taking time out and spending a lot of time with Jesus. So important if we're going to love people and give of ourselves and spend ourselves on behalf of the hungry that we are getting our joy in the Lord, that we're spending a lot of time with our Lord and that we're honoring the Sabbath in that way. So we've, we've read out how you can live this passage, live out this passage. I think it's in the passage. Um, we can feed the hungry, clothe those without clothes, bring the ho- homeless into our homes and not turn away from our own flesh and blood. And again, I would encourage us to think about how are we living this out and how is God calling us to live out this passage? And my prayer today that you, is that you would hear for yourselves how... Um, what it is that you can do um, to love the broken in our world and what it is that God is calling you to do. There is um, a charity I wanted to mention that I, um, I'm involved in called Hope at Home, which is a hosting scheme for survivors of modern slavery who have nowhere else to live. And Hope at Home believes that no survivor of modern slavery should ever have to sleep on the streets. And they exist to connect survivors of modern slavery with hosts. So, um, and then to support the hosts with having people live in their homes. And if that's something that you are interested in, then I'd be really happy to have a chat with you about that. There's a Zoom coming up where you can find out more about hosting people in your home in London. So I am going to pray. um, And I'd love to pray for those involved in our church projects, Food Bank, Baby Basics, CAP, and other ministries. And I'd really love to pray um, for what we've been talking about, that we'll be so encouraged that what you are doing is not just about that person in front of you, but there is going to be, um, you know, generational impact, and there is going to be a, a spirit, there's a spiritual significance in that. So I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray that that um, this church will become more and more like a high-pressure spring. And I'd love to pray for any of us who feel more stirred um, to, to live out this passage more and more. Um, because it's not just about projects and it's not just about our you know, going to work. It's about um, what we do in the day-to-day. It is about feeding the hungry that are in front of us. It is about loving the homeless. It is about loving our families. You know, there are many ways to live out this passage. So I am going to pray for that. And then what we're going to do at the end is we're going to have a a time of prayer for Afghanistan. Um, But I'll pray first of all. So yeah, Lord Jesus, I just 
I want to thank you for this passage, and I want to thank you um, that you're, you're, you're a practical God, you know, that you tell us to go and do likewise, and you tell us sort of how to do that. And I just pray for, firstly, I do just want to pray for, for the projects and the things that are going on from this church. And I pray actually that you would bless them, multiply them. I pray that the, the people involved would be encouraged that what they are doing has such significance that this passage says they will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings, and are raising up the age-old foundations. And Lord, would we see that more and more in this area and in this church? I pray that through the things that are going on in the church and, and in individuals um, throughout this church, that we would see the streets restored more and more, Lord Jesus. I pray for encouragement. I pray, just going back to that point in the beginning, that sometimes it just feels that all we're doing is loosing. You know, sometimes I just feel all I'm doing is loosing the cause of injustice. And you say, well, that's what I've put in front of you to do. That is what I've given you to do. And so I just pray that we would be encouraged to do what you've put in front of us to do. And Lord, you know, sometimes we are, we're so busy. And sometimes actually for me, it's inconvenient to love the people that are right in front of me. I don't have time or, you know, I don't feel that I have time. And I pray that you would give us hearts that stop. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us hearts that stop and be still and that notice the injustice around us. God, I thank you so much for the promises that when we do this, you guide us continually. We'll be like a well-watered garden. I thank you so much for the promises in this passage. And for this, this paradox, the more we give, the more you bless us. You're just a God who loves to bless us. Lord, would you stir the hearts of us this morning, of us in the room and of those of us watching. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going we're gonna to pray for Afghanistan. And probably um, most of us have seen um, something of this in the news this week. And it's just, you know, it's, it's quite shocking, really. Um, so there, are, there were some prayer points that I think Duncan had sent out earlier on in the week. And we could get into twos or threes or pray on your own as you'd like to do. But we're going to cry out to God. And I'd suggest that we pray for the protection of the vulnerable, uh, for women, for Christians, for others who are vulnerable right now um, to persecution. That we pray that the Holy Spirit softens the heart of those whose intentions are for evil and that we pray for the nations and the world leaders as they stand united and use godly wisdom in how to respond so should we stand actually and then if you want to um if you want to pray with people that's fine if you want to just cry out together in prayer um but we'll just do we'll do three or four minutes of, of praying and then i'll draw us to a close so yeah lord jesus come Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. And I'll just close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we cry out to you for this nation of Afghanistan and we pray for your Holy Spirit to be on the move, to be at work. We ask you to soften hearts. We ask you to meet people in dreams and visions. We ask you to do miracles and protect people, Lord God, and we ask you to intervene Lord Jesus we cry out to you Lord we thank you that you are a God who loves justice we thank you Jesus 
I want to thank you, Lord God, for this passage, that you are a God who loves justice, that you love justice and righteousness. I pray that we would know that as we live out this passage, we will see you restoring the streets, Lord God, that we will see the ruins around us rebuilt and repaired um, that will last for generations. And I pray that you would just keep speaking to us, Lord. Amen.